Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. Joining us today, two guests by phone. Our first is Alan Endicott. He is the scout executive of the Boy Scouts of America, Crossroads of the West Council. Alan, thank you so much for taking time with us today. It's so good to be here with you, Rebecca. Well, and I wish you phys- were physically present. We're doing it by phone as in times of COVID, but our message is so very important. So thank you, Alan. Also joining us is Lorna Kosai. Now she is a volunteer scouting for food coordinator. She also has my- a lot of experience with food needs because she is the ex- former executive director of the Bountiful Community Food Pantry. Lorna, thank you for joining us. You are very welcome. I'm delighted to to be here with you and Alan. And I say, uh, talking about food needs, you know, in the past, and I raised three Boy Scouts. They were all fortunate enough to work towards Eagle uh, rank and and giving their time and service. They participated in so many food drives as we did as parents and community members. We have a situation where our community has even more need for food. And the Scouting for Food, the Boy Scout of America Crossroads of the West, Council just kicked off your 35th annual statewide scouting for food drive. Let's talk about, Alan, how we as a community can support you and what the food drive looks like this year. Well, first, Rebecca, let me uh, congratulate you on being the mother of uh, Eagle Scouts. I, I have learned through this profession that behind almost all good Eagle Scouts is a wonderful mother who helps them to be able to get to that place. So congratulations for that oh, that's very kind. It's it's also a matter of a community that supported them as well. So thank you, Alan. I appreciate that. Without question, you know we we uh, for us, Scouting for Food is uh, is a major endeavor. We we see this as what we refer to as our motto of doing a good turn daily. And so this is an opportunity for Scouts throughout our council to be able to do that good turn by uh, helping people to be able to donate food for an extremely important cause, especially today, where there's so much food insecurity because of the COVID environment that we're living in. So we're, uh, we're happy and excited to do this. 35 years of doing Scouting for Food tells us that it is relevant, that it's important, and that our partners need this kind of support, especially this year. So we're eager and excited to be involved. Well, and Lorna, in just a moment, I want to talk with you a little bit more about food insecurity, because this is an issue that is statewide. But Alan, what does that encompass? That What area does the Crossroads of the West Council cover? Thank you. That's a great question. Uh, in April of last year, the uh, three historic councils in the state of Utah were merged together to 
form the crossroads of the West Council. So we cover uh, geographically the state of Utah plus a portion, about 25% of the state of uh, Wyoming and a portion of, uh, of southeast Idaho um, to provide scouting uh, throughout that geographic area. There are 400-plus uh, scout units uh, inside of that area that uh, meet on a regular weekly basis to provide a quality scouting program to the youth that they serve. We uh, were excited about the opportunity to uh, be involved in scouting with so many good families and throughout our state. And uh, it's, just a, it's just a great program to be able to develop and help uh, youth to learn leadership and character development and uh, by being involved in this really tremendous program. And so, so good to know that we have a vibrant Crossroads of the West Council that includes all of our state. And the Scouting for Food, that food drive is directly connected to the fact that in our community, we have individuals who are struggling to feed themselves and feed their families. So Lorna Kosai is the Volunteer Scouting for Food Coordinator. I want to talk with you, Lorna, about the importance of scouting for food. It's going on now. Yes, it is. As we launched it on Monday, this food drive is very important for the food pantries, Rebecca. Um, even though the community has done wonderful things, stepping up with providing donations for food pantries, the need continues. And particularly following the holiday season, where we have an increase in donations, uh, those donations go out very quickly. And this food drive will help refill a little bit in all of the pantries and food banks as we go forward in the next few months. And there will be other food drives that take place through other organizations during the year. But this is an important one and one that the, uh, the pantries have come to depend on. And so when, you know, from the big picture, for those of us who are, you know, busy at work and taking care of ourselves and our families, and you think about the food bank and the food pantries and how do we help them, this is a key activity. So when those shelves are empty, uh, the goal of this scouting for food drive is to fill the shelves, right? Is to make sure that, because we know those shelves will be emptying out on a continual basis. And, and I'm curious, as the former executive director of the Bountiful Community Food Pantry, Lorna, you have seen that food instability, how shall I say this, Lorna? We don't know who is going through food instability. It's not as if there's a caricature. It is coming from all demographics and all individuals. Is that right, Lorna? That is very, very correct. What's interesting is hunger is invisible. And we don't know by looking at someone or by seeing what car they drive or what where they live or what their home is, we don't know if they're hungry. And there are people who are hungry now and don't have an adequate supply of food with all through all ranges of our population. And it's it's very difficult. You we could have a, a family um, who's lost their work because of COVID. We have people who have lost work because they're um, sick. You know, either the business is closed or they can't work because they've been sick or they've been exposed. Or they're having to take care of someone in their family who is ill, um, either with COVID or, or in, in, you know, any other kind of illness. So um, hunger, hunger is invisible in the Bountiful area where I served as the executive director for several years 
it was interesting. People often think, oh, Bountiful, why do you have a food pantry in Bountiful? Um, that you can't possibly have a need there. And interestingly enough, in, in Davis County, there are five communities that are colored red in our um, area deprivation index. And Bountiful and Woods Cross are two of those five communities where the criteria on that index reported that hunger and um, poverty were very, very serious issues there. So you can't ever tell. And um, it is oftentimes difficult for people to be willing to come and get food assistance. And one of the things um, all pantries try to do is help people feel comfortable getting the assistance they need. Mm. I remember reading a statistic, and, and I probably don't have it at the tip of my fingers, but it was something like one out of five people uh-huh. in Utah are at risk of being hungry. That is accurate in terms of children. Right now, the number is floating right around one in five children in the state of Utah um, are situation that we would call food insecure. And what food insecurity is reflecting is time, um, a certain number of times during the course of the year where they don't know where their next meal is coming from. It, it is an alarming number. And children, particularly young children, need that nutrition to develop properly. It isn't just a matter of hunger, but it's a matter of developing their brains and their bodies so that they can be um, the best functioning adult when they get through their growing years. I can tell you in Davis County alone, in our school system, 17,000 students in the Davis County school system are eligible and use the free and reduced lunch program, and that's 24% of our enrollment. And many of those students are living in this food insecurity time where they don't know oftentimes where their next meal is going to be coming from. Mm. And, and I appreciate such a, a difficult thing to hear and envision, uh, and yet it, it is a reality. And we live in, a, in communities, in a state that prizes service, that values taking care of other people. So let's talk about what Scouting for Food looks like this year. Alan, uh, and for those who have joined us, that was Lorna Kosai, Volunteer Scouting for Food Coordinator uh, for Scouting for Food. Alan Endicott is with us as well. He's a scout executive of the Boy Scouts of America, Crossroads of the West Council, which encompasses the state of Utah. Alan, what does Scouting for Food look like in 2021? How can we contribute food? How can we be involved? Well, I, uh, first, I'd, I'd really like to tackle what uh, Lorna was saying. In a society that we live in today, where there seems to be so much opportunity to have food, this is really kind of one of those hidden things that so many, one in five children, don't have access to food. And so scouting for food for us is an opportunity where we we feel we can do that good turn and make a difference for the uh, for the youth and families who just need this support. So <clears throat> this year, Scouting for Food will help to provide support to 40 community food banks and pantries throughout the state, which I think is just an amazing opportunity. The food that will be donated will stay locally and will help support uh, food pantries and food banks in the communities where it's donated. We're partnering with not only our 400-plus PACs, troops, and crews, but uh, we're partnering with a a number of really 
outstanding uh, organizations in our community, in our state. 35 Arctic Circle restaurants, 18 Bank of Utah locations throughout the state, 11 Red Hanger locations, and more than 50 Smith's grocery stores are helping us to come together so that we can be able to uh, make scouting for food happen. Uh, I think that's just an amazing partnership when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Especially um, when you think of your, these are 40 different food pantries that you're trying to supply uh, food to. And we've got a large community up and down the Wasatch Front along the I-15 corridor and beyond. And so the closer we can get locations where we can contribute and donate, the more likely it is that we can come to the aid of those who are hungry and help fill those pantries. So you mentioned, again, I just want to 11 Red Hanger locations, 35 Arctic Circle restaurants, 18 Bank of Utah locations, and more than 50 Smith's grocery stores. So, Alan, are those locations donation areas? Talk to us about how they're a part of the Scouting for Food. Yeah, so we'll be in the process over this this, uh, first week to uh, distribute more than 59,000 Scouting for Food bags. Uh, by our PACS troops and other partners. Some of those will come through, for example, the Bank of Utah will be distributing 6,000 donation bags through their drive-up windows and at counters in their their various locations from Tremont and down to St. George. Um, Red Hanger Cleaner will be distributing donation bags through their 11 locations. Um, And uh, the, the other groups that we'll be working with, Arctic Circle, Others will be distributing bags. Arctic Circle hopes to distribute 30,000 bags through their drive-up windows during this time period so that we can get the word out and be able to help uh, families to know that Scouting for Food is is actively being uh, participated in in their, in their communities. And then after that, the food can be brought to uh, Smith's locations and to uh, Bank of Utah locations where it can be dropped off and uh, and then, then it will be moved to the uh, local food banks where it needs to be at. So uh, it's kind of a coordinated effort. The Utah National Guard will be providing us with support on transporting the food. We're so grateful to the to our Utah National Guard for their support with this endeavor, uh, helping us to be able to get the food from the donation sites at the Bank of Utah's and the uh, and the Smith's grocery stores to the uh, food pantries where it's so vitally needed. Rebecca, one of the things we also want to say is a huge thank you and um, sense of appreciation to everyone who donates and helps with the Scouting for Food Drive and who helps their pantries throughout the entire year. We could not help fight hunger without the contributions of the people in our communities to every little home, every little can, and we're very grateful to them. Lorna, it's so understandable why we hear the emotion in your voice, because this is an ultimate act of compassion to give to those who are in need. And we know and you know how many people are in need right now. Ellen, in the past, my memory is having the scouts go out into communities and leave bags on on doorstops of communities. And then, you know, community members, we open those bags, we fill what we can into the bags, then we leave them on our porch and they're picked up again. So that model has changed? It has. It's changed a little bit. We had a change in one of our uh, larger charter partners last year. And so we've had to uh, 
make a few adjustments in how we operate scouting for food. But we're still uh, highly optimistic that we can be able to, uh, through the uh, goodwill of good people in our state, uh, have the scouting for food drive happen uh, and be able to make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thank you, Alan. Lorna, Lorna, you mentioned it started January 25th. It runs through February 12th. So if we don't get access to a bag, how else can we bring safely bring food to donate to Scouting for Food? W- wonderful question, Rebecca. Thank you. There's a few ways. On the morning of February 6th, every Smith's grocery store in the state will be um, receiving donations for Scouting for Food. And you don't have to have the Scout bag to make a donation. So you could, if you're shopping, and that's the day before the Super Bowl, and we are tied in with the Super Bowl of Caring initiative um, that is happening statewide. So if you're at the grocery store at Smith on the morning of February 6th, you can either bring a bag and leave it with the scouts. They will be there from 9 to 2 on that day. Or you can, when you're shopping, buy something and leave it with the scout that way. The other way would be um, with your own bag. You could take food donations to either a Red Hanger location or um, a Bank of Utah location from yesterday, you know, the other day, through February 12th during their normal business hours. Or on the morning on February 6th, all of the food pantries in the state um, will be participating and they will be collecting food where people could just come right to the food pantry and drop it off that day. I also, we should share that almost every food bank and food pantry in the state is open for donations on a daily basis. So if someone were to miss one of these windows, um, there is always an opportunity to bring food by and, and do that. But we have a we hope a wide range of places where food donations could be made and uh, some coupons will be given out. Arctic Circle um, has printed uh, 500 double cheese cheeseburger coupons for the Bank of Utah to give to customers and people who bring donations in. So there's some, some fun things happening with this and some little thank yous along the way. So we hope that everyone can find a place. We do have a website that would be helpful for people to be aware of, and it's utahscouts.org slash scoutingforfood. And on that website, our Scout Council has provided a map where anyone can view that map and find um, the nearest donation spot um, to where they're living and where they might want to, to make that food donation. Rebecca, I, I, I happen to be at that website right now. I'm looking at the map. And uh, the state is covered with uh, blue dots that indicate places where people can drop off uh, their uh, donations for scouting for food. You just need to go to the site, utahscouts.org forward slash scouting for food, one word, and uh, you can see where you can take those donations so that uh, you can make a difference yourself mm-hmm. or you and, and your family. And I appreciate, too, the, the the cooperation of the private sector, the businesses that are involved. You mentioned the National Guard. We've got scout troops. It, it's really quite beautiful what a community can accomplish uh, when it works together. So thank you so much. The website will be key to find one uh, closest to you for donating food. That's the larger goal. And you mentioned coupons. Yeah, Arctic Circle with double cheeseburger coupons. And I read that Red Hang 
Singer is giving away coupons for free shirt cleaning when someone brings a bag full of food to their locations. Lorna, I I wonder if um, you could help us know what kind of food should we be donating? Um, the be- the first thing is um, to say what what we don't want. Maybe an answer to that. Sure. We 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 really prefer not to have the marinated artichoke hearts from five years ago uh, that you got in your Harry and David Christmas gift. <laughs> so, so, so and that being said, we kind of laugh about that. But um, suggested donations include things with protein, Rebecca. So um, chili, stew, peanut butter, canned meats, different things like that. Canned fruits and canned vegetables, soups, hearty soups. Um, if somebody could donate uh, beef stew or a vegetable beef soup um, instead of a broth, you know, we would lean in that direction. Um, even pasta meals, something that somebody can uh, tuna helper or hamburger helper, things like that are helpful. So we ask that people would donate the same kind of food that they would eat. And what's what's wonderful, particularly with the Smith Partnership, is that for the food that people buy at Smith and then give to the scouts in the Smith store, all of that food is um, within its its healthy, uh, useful time period. It is an out-of-date food, um, which is wonderful. Many pantries will take uh, recently out-of-date food, but we know when people are buying it that day, it's all going to have a long life in case, you know, it's needed. And it's easier to process at the pantries and and wonderful. Um, also, diapers are always very helpful. Toilet paper is very helpful. So things like that, if, if shoppers and donors would think about what are they buying, even a cake mix. Um, we, want, we want our people who are needing food assistance to be able to have the same things that those who don't need food assistance have. Mm-hmm. And being able to make some brownies or a cake is important. And yet, as a, you know, I'll, I'll put my hat, my mom hat on, I, as raising my children, I was always, you make sure you get that protein in the morning. You right. make sure you get that protein at lunch because you need that sustained energy. And you talked about how when we are hungry, when our children are hungry, or as adults, we are hungry, if we are not getting the essential proteins and vegetables and fruit and vitamins, it affects our cognitive ability. So it's not just, you know, in development, we all want to have as healthy as uh, nutrition as possible. So yes, give and give food that will add to the nutritious value in po- if possible to the food pantry. But you know, I do know that, you know, it's often tempting to give pasta as well as noodles. So is there still a place for that or boxes of cereal? Yes. Cereal in particular is in high demand, and pasta is fine. Um, so a balance um, is important. I, I want to uh, respond on a thought you just had. Um, for people who are hungry, it uh, we know that depression is prompted by hunger. We know that suicide, hunger has an impact on those who are contemplating suicide. We know that high school students suffer more from low self-esteem when they are hungry. Um, High school dropout rate is higher. So um, employment attendance is impacted when people are hungry and performance is impacted when people are hungry. So hunger has a 
far-reaching impact, a negative impact on really everyone's life. Mm. It's, it's extraordinary how much it affects every area of our life. And here is an invitation. The official day, the Scouting for Food Day, is February 6th, but the food drive has begun. And that's where Alan Endicott, that was Lorna uh, Kosai. We also have Alan Endicott with us. We have just a couple of minutes as as we give the big picture. Uh, Alan, what else could be helpful for others to understand the role that Scouts is playing in this food drive? Is it an organization or is it once the food is collected, loading it and getting it where it needs to be? Yeah, the units will be available on February 6th at the Smith's uh location so that they can help uh, in partnership with the National Guard to load the food onto uh, their their transport vehicles to be able to get it to the various food banks. So uh, the units will be actively involved providing service uh, and helping to support and also receiving the donations from, from the individuals. So uh, it's important for our scouts to be able to, to have the opportunity to serve. Service is so important. May I, may I just add one point there? On the 6th, the units will be um, actually at the pantries and at Smith. Saturday, February 6th, you gave the hours. Can you give those hours to us again? Certainly. At, at the food pantries, in 9 to noon, at the food pantries, and 9 to 2 at almost every Smith, a couple of them have to stop at noon. Perfect. Alan, you wanted to add something. I apologize. Yes. Well, I, I just wanted to say that for us, um, and with regards to the Boy Scouts, um, we see this as a great opportunity uh, to make a real difference. Virtually everyone has a bag in their home, and and certainly everyone has two or three cans of something that they could donate. So out of this small thing, such great good can happen by just collecting a couple of cans from your pantry, putting them in a bag, and then the cum- cumulative effort causes such good for those who have need. So I I think it's just a a wonderful example of where we can come together as a community um, and be able to make such a difference in the uh, lives of so many in the areas where we live. Well, I appreciate your service, too, to the Boy Scouts of America, Crossroads of the West Council. February 6th, we can put that on our calendar, 400 Cub Scout packs, Scouts, BSA troops, venturing crews all across the state, stopping down to take care of those who are in need. And we can be a part of that and participate in that service. And you said by small and simple things, great things are come to pass. And that's a great, great um, phrase and statement. Uh, Alan Andicott, thank you so much for joining us. Lorna Kosai, the volunteer scouting for food coordinator for the Scouting for Food. Thank you for joining us today. And again, for more information about where to drop off food during the Scouting for Food drive, where to drop off food today, uh, which pantry is nearest you, you can get all that information online at utahscouts.org slash scouting for food. Alan and Lorna, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.